107, verse number 29. And then after that, we're going to go to Nahum, chapter 1 and verse 7. Psalm chapter 107, verse 29. Psalm 107, verse number 29 says this, He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. He makes the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Nahum, chapter 1, verse 7. Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knoweth them that trust in him. The Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. It's from these two passages of scripture that hopefully I'll tie this title into this scripture reading this morning. I'm going to talk on this subject today. When God walks through your storm. When God walks through your storm. Can we talk to the Lord this morning, ask him to speak to our hearts. Lord, I thank you for your grace. God, I thank you for your anointing and the touch of heaven we feel in this place. God, I'm looking for your anointing. I need the unction of the Holy Ghost this morning. Speak to us, Lord, what you spoke to me this morning. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to be receptive to your word. Hearers and doers of the word of God today. I thank you for your grace and your mercy this morning. We exalt you today. Can we give him a hand clap of praise this morning? Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. You can be seated this morning. Psalm chapter 107 <clears throat> said, he makes the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Nahum writes about the Lord that he is good being a stronghold in the day of trouble. There is no God like my God. He is righteous he is faithful. He is a peace speaker. He is the one who we talked about during the sword drill this morning. He is the one that can speak in calm storms. It never ceases to amaze me how crazy the storms of life can be. We get overwhelmed. 
stress steps in and causes us to do rash things. We say things that we don't mean. We hurt people that we don't mean to hurt. We lash out irrationally because we're stressed out. We become unhealthy because we're stressed out. We allow things in our life to dictate how we respond to people because we're stressed out. The storm may seem like it's lasting months, maybe even years, but yet God knows how to help us. No matter how crazy the raging of the sea or the height of the waves, as we, we talked about this morning, God still rules the waves and the wind. Psalm chapter 89 and verse 9, one of the scriptures we, we, we did in the sword drill, Thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them or you make them still. Psalm 65 and verse 7, which stilleth the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves and the tumult of the people. When we are all at wit's end, he can still help calm the waves of life. Amen. As I began to consider this passage of scripture, in fact, this was birthed as Brother Lambeth was preaching a couple of weeks ago, and he was, he was talking about some things, and I'm not going to go entirely the direction that he went, amen, but I do want to pull some things from the story that he talked about, amen, in that message, amen. Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 22, I want to show you some things that I, I began to dig out of this story, amen, that happened to Jesus and happened to the disciples. Matthew chapter 14, I want to give you a moment to get to that passage of scripture. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. There's a lot to this story and, I, and I'm not going to sit here and we're not going to take a really long time this morning. I just want to pull some things out of here. The first thing that I want to show you is, can everybody say constrained? Constrained. Anybody know what it means to constrain someone? In the original, the word that they translated into constrained could have also been translated as forced or pressed. Give you a different idea of a constraining. Jesus forced them to get on that ship and go to the other side. He commanded them, get on that ship and go to the other side. 
I began thinking about that, Brother Tuffy. Now you got to think, you remember who these, these uh, disciples were. Three of them were, were fishermen. They were familiar not only with the sea, but with the weather patterns. I can only imagine, the Bible doesn't say this, but I can only imagine that as Jesus is telling his disciples, go get on the ship and get to the other side, I'm going to send the multitudes away. That the disciples, namely Peter, <laughs> because Peter seemed to be the mouthiest of them all, I can just imagine Peter, Brother Tuffy, saying, Lord, look at the skies. That's like a horrible storm that's brewing over there. This weather that we're in right now, I know this isn't the right term, but it's like typhoon weather right now. It was nearly a typhoon-style uh, uh, um, storm that they were in. It was about to capsize their boat. The waves were way bigger than the boat was, and they were holding on for dear life. And they were trying to make it. This wasn't the first time that they had been in a storm in a ship trying to get across Galilee because of Jesus. But the last time, Jesus was in the boat with them. This time, Jesus said, I want you boys to go get in that ship and go to the other side. And I can just imagine, Valerie, they're arguing with the Lord. They're saying, God, I don't, Jesus, Master, I don't want to do this. Logic tells me I shouldn't get in that ship because that storm would kill us. They argued with him all the time. Yeah, that's exactly right. But Peter got in that ship. All 12 of them boys got in that ship and obeyed Jesus. Regardless of what the signs of the weather told them, they got in that boat. Whether I'm right or wrong, they still listened to the master. They said, Master, you haven't, you haven't led us astray thus far. So no matter what it looks like, Sister Rini, we're getting in that boat and we're going to the other side. Jesus constrained them. He forced them to get in that boat and go to the other side and he was going to send the multitudes away. They had to trust that Jesus knew what he was telling them to do was going to be all right. And they said, all right, whatever it is, Lord, that you've told me to do, we're going to get in that storm. We're going to get in that boat, and we're going to head across. Even if a storm shows up, I've seen you calm the storm before. I don't know how you're going to do it. I'm a little scared this time because this time you're not in the ship with us this time. I don't know where you're going to be with us, but you're not with us today. They got in the ship. We know the story. They went on. They got in the middle of the sea, in the midst. You understand the midst of the sea. That means the middle. The middle of the sea. The storm creeps up, and everything's going awry. Jesus is off in the mountain praying. They don't know where Jesus is. All they know is he said, get in the ship, go to the other side. Sometimes we get caught in life and in the storms that we're facing and we don't know where Jesus is. We're wondering what's going on. And we're, we're trying to figure out what's, what, what in the world, Lord, did you tell me to do this time? 
I walked by faith into this situation. And here I find myself in the middle of a storm. But James tells us in, in James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect. Everybody say, I want to be perfect. Now say it like you mean it. I want to be perfect. An entire, wanting nothing, James said. Hey, God said, I'm going to send you into that, into that storm. I know what you're about to go through. Amen. But you've got to trust that everything's going to be okay. Can I get an amen? He knows what I need to grow. He knows how to grow my faith. Thus the reason I rejoice in the fact that I am facing yet another storm. Amen. James, Romans chapter 5 verses 3 through 5 says this, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. How? By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the power that he extends to you and me through his spirit. Amen. Praise God. These men are out there. They're facing the storm. They're, they don't understand why the Lord sent them out here. I'm sure some of them are saying to one another, why did Jesus do this to us again? Why are we in the midst of a crazy storm? And, and, and all of a sudden, somebody looks over the waves and they see something. And they start getting scared and afraid. Oh, isn't that what it said? Because they thought a spirit was walking across the water. The old boogeyman was coming after them. That's what they were worried about. But next thing they realized is the Lord spoke. And what did he say? Be not afraid. It is I. Sorry. At first I, I considered titling this when God speaks out of my storm. Because it wasn't until they heard his voice that they realized everything was going to be okay. They're freaking out. They're losing their minds. I'm sure some of them are bailing water as fast as they can. I'm sure they threw everything that was unnecessary out of that ship. The storm is raging. And they see some kind of thing out on the water. What else can walk on water but a spirit? And they realize that they may be in trouble in a bad way until they heard his voice. Sometimes, Sister Rini, we just need to hear the voice of the Lord. And I believe that's what God sent me to talk about this morning. I'm not going to be much longer because this is where I felt like God put me this morning. 
God sometimes wants you just to understand everything's going to be all right. It looks like the world's falling apart, but everything's going to be all right because he is still in control. The one who spoke before in the storm and said, peace be still, can still walk on the waters and come to me even in the midst of an impossible circumstance. He can still help me and he can still call out to me and say, hey, don't be afraid. Everything's going to be all right. It's me. I'm here. I'm going to take care of you. Everything's going to be just fine. I'm not here just trying to hype people up. I'm not here just trying to give you a false hope. I'm trying to give you the hope of all hopes. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about his spirit this morning. Hallelujah. He's always there for us. Amen. Mark, Matthew chapter 14, verses 24 and 25. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And he, and he, and he came to them. And when, when he spoke, something rose up in Peter. I can't imagine it. I hope I would have been Peter. That's all I can hope. Can I hope at least, right? Can you guys ride with me for a minute? I hope I could be Peter. Brother Mendez can be James or John or one of the other ones. But Peter, as soon as he heard the voice, what happened? You know the story. He said, Lord, if it's really you, bid me to come on the water with you. He said, I'm hoping some more Peter show up today. That's all I'm saying. Is because I, I want you to understand, Peter wasn't satisfied being on the water in the boat with the Lord. Peter said, hey, if it's really you, God, let me come out there on the water with you. Let me step out of this, this semi-comfort uh, zone that I have in this ship let me step out and let me walk in the water with you today. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Think about it. Think about it. You know, some Elder Lambeth preached that, that night. You know, Peter lost his way while he was on the water with the Lord. That's the only fault that I can see with Peter in this situation. He lost his way. In the middle of a miracle, Brother Tuffy, he lost his way. He took his eyes off of the Lord and he began to sink to his demise. But Jesus, after he called on him again, he said, help me, Lord. And Jesus reached down and grabbed his hand and he pulled him up out of the water. And the next thing he knew, he was back in the ship and he was with the Lord in the ship. Amen. I want to be able to walk with the Lord on the water. Amen. I've, I've got to make sure that if I'm willing to walk on the water with the Lord, that I don't take my eyes off of the Lord. Because if I take my eyes off the Lord, my hope is gone. Amen. If I take my eyes off the Lord, I'm going to sink just like Peter did. But I can promise you this, as long as Jesus is my everything, as long as he's my main focus, I know everything's going to be all right because he's not going to fail me. He's not going to let me sink. He's not going to let me fail in this situation because he is my all in all. Hallelujah. He is my strength. He is my help. He is my hope today. 
Hallelujah. No matter what I'm going through, Isaiah said, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with you. Although the rivers, amen, although I'm going through the rivers, they shall not rise above me. Amen. He said, if I walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. My, my, there is nothing that we cannot do without the Lord. There is, I'm going to say it again, there's nothing we cannot do without the Lord. Amen. We need him. We need the Lord. I, I said that incorrectly. There's nothing we cannot do with the Lord. If I'm without the Lord, then I can't do anything. I know you know what I meant, but I had to fix it because it was bothering me when I realized what I said. I need the Lord. I need the Lord. I need the Lord to walk in my storm. I need, I need to call on the Lord while he's walking in my storm. When he calls on my name, I want to respond, Lord, if it's you. Come on, let, let me come to you in this situation. Let me abide with you in this situation. Because I know once it's all said and done, you're going to be beside me. And we're going to be in safety. And we're going to see others saved. And we're going to see the multitudes come. And we're going to see them provided for. We're going to see you do the miraculous in their life. Hallelujah. I wasn't going to throw this in here, but I'm, it fits perfect. I got a phone call. I was working the other day, and I got a phone call. I had to ignore it. And I, sent a, I don't know if I sent a text or not. But then I got a text following the phone call. Pastor, please call me. I got a friend that's going through some stuff, and that she wants to get baptized. So as soon as I got finished with my business card called. I'm not trying to embarrass nobody, but I, I, want, I, want, I want you to understand what God can do if we just listen. It's all right, Sister Rena. She called me. She said, Pastor, this lady's been on my mind. I, I've been wanting to call her and ask her if she needs to get baptized. And so she did. And you know what happened? Because somebody listened to the voice of the Lord. Yesterday I spent two hours at their house. Not only am I baptizing her tomorrow night in Olathe, not tonight in Olathe, because today is Sunday. You guys are all here. It's Sunday. Surprise. Surprise. Sunday. Tonight in service in Olathe, we're going to be baptizing them in the name of Jesus. While I was teaching them Bible studies yesterday, the Holy Ghost moved into that kitchen. And both of them began to shed tears as they began to realize there's more for them than what they've experienced in their, in their lifetime. And they said, look, I want this Holy Ghost that you're talking about. There's something about the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. I, I've, I've always known this. I've always believed it. I've, I've always... I've never really just out and said it, but I want you to understand, a lot of people experience God. And think that they're filled with the Holy Ghost. But when you ask them, where does the power seem to come from? They said it 
just feels like it's just coming and settling on me. And something happened yesterday, and I first for the first time, I put it into words, and God helped us. And I looked at them, I said, look, let me ask you how, how your experience is. I said, does the Holy Ghost come upon you? And, and, you feel, and you feel a touch of heaven, and you feel peaceful in your mind, and you feel clean, and you feel at ease? And they said, yeah. I said, but have you ever had it start from the inside out? Have you ever had that sensation start from the inside and begin to work its way out? And they said, I don't know. I said, I promise you, you would know if you felt it. Let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost moving on you. God will use anybody. If you're willing to be used by God, whether you're filled with His Spirit or not, I've watched God use people in my life that were the farthest thing from God. God speak to me through them. And I knew it was God's Spirit. Did that mean that they were filled with the Holy Ghost and that they were an, they, that they were at, that they were an apostle now? Or a disciple of the Lord? Absolutely not. God uses anybody and everybody that are willing and able. That's where, when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, it doesn't necessarily mean that that person is holy, holy, holy because God used them in, a, in that capacity. It meant that in that moment, they were available and God used them. Think I'm way off in left field. Just think about God spoke through a donkey. God found a burning bush in the backside of a mountain, and and He set it on fire and spoke from that thing. It was a it was a vessel that He could use and get somebody's attention, and God did it. God used a false prophet and spoke through him. The same false prophet that the donkey spoke to. Balaam's donkey said, "Hey, you better stop, stupid." That's what he said. Hey, you're going to die if I, don't, if I don't stop you from going forward. I'm not trying to oversimplify it. I'm just trying to help you understand. God uses things and people in our lives to speak to us. They may not have the Holy Ghost, but God will use them. But what, what an impact I've seen when they are filled with the Holy Ghost and God used them. There was a power that overshadowed me and that individual, and the Holy Ghost met. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. My pastor came, and God spoke some words to me. And the next thing I saw was he raised his hand and put it on my head. Instantly, God confirmed his word right then and right there. Never forget that moment. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I had children already. 
wasn't just one time. The one time that sticks in my mind, I remember. I, I had children already. I was about to be preaching that night. And he reached over. And he laid his hands on me. He said something to me. Something had transpired in that service. And he knew God had spoken to me about that situation. And he prayed for me. And God confirmed it all. And it gave me a boldness with which to stand up and, and speak what the Lord had said. That's how things work. This morning I woke up this morning and, and God was working on my mind. I said, God, these people are going to think that all I know how to preach about is trials and tribulation and how that you're the only one that can work things out. One day God's going to loosen me of this burden and, and we're going to move forward. But I want you to understand, somebody needs to get a hold about what I'm talking about today so I can move on. And so that God can, God can do other things. But I want you to understand, God has sent me here to tell you, when he's coming to, your, coming to you through your storm, and he calls your name, you need to respond. Not in fear, but by faith. Maybe you don't have enough faith to get out of the boat and walk on the water with him. That's all right. But just call on him and say, here I am, Lord. Help me through this situation. Help me to make it from this situation to the other side so that I can help somebody. When they made it to the other side, God began ministering to other people. And God began to minister to, to the multitudes and, and, and so on. And, and, and there's a lot to this story that we could, we could keep digging into. Amen. But I, I, want, I want you to understand, Sister Reagan, you want to come. Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me come to the water. Let me come to you. Let me come. When I trust in the Lord, In the midst of the storm is when I realize that I can walk on the water with him. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4 said, what, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. My friend, when we trust him, is when he calms the storm. I said it once today already, but you know, sometimes God doesn't always change the storm. But most of the time, he calms the storm in me. We get worked up. We get frustrated. We lash out. We're stressed out. 
And that adds to the turmoil of the storm. Jesus, I can, I'm telling you, Jesus is still, <laughs> he's still in the calm storming business. He still wants to walk to the bow of the ship and say, peace, be still. And let everything calm down. Because God rules over the storm. And he rules over the sea. Just in case you forgot this verse, we've, we've read it three or four times today. Psalm 89 and 9, thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest. Whether these waves be literal or they're figurative in your life, God is able to help us. God is able. And as I come to a close this morning, I want to give you the answer. I'm giving you the answer to your problem right now. You ready? John chapter 14. Verse 26 and verse 27. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We have peace because of the Holy Ghost. We have peace because of the Holy Ghost. Does anybody believe what I'm talking about this morning? We have peace because of the Holy Ghost. He comes, he strengthens, he helps, he gives hope. The peace of God passes everything that we can understand. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. When our minds are stayed on him and we stand today, we can experience perfect peace. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusted. Trust you. I'm ready to put my trust in the Lord today. When he walks into my storm, I want to reply to him just like the apostle Peter called out. Lord, if it's really you, bid me to come to you. Let me come and abide in your presence. Let me walk with you today. Hallelujah. Praise God. I need his strength this morning. I need his anointing today. I need his power today. 
But most of all, God, let peace come into my Peace of God, sweep over me this morning. Peace of God, sweep over me this morning. If that's your desire, can we spend some time talking to the Lord today?